The reading is taken from Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to 49. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to 49. This can be found on page 1034 of the Church Bibles. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plaque in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. What a great passage to give me to preach on just when I've come back. It's good, isn't it? Um, So we're doing a series called On Mission with Jesus. Uh, The idea of this series is to help us to learn what it means to walk with Jesus and to share the gospel. What it means to go to the people around us and in our lives and say to them, speak out to them, live out to them the love that Christ has for us that has changed our lives. So last week we heard Tom speak on some of the values of um, walking with Jesus on mission from the first part of Luke chapter 6. And today I'm going to be speaking on some of the principles. And the principle that they have given me to speak on is humility and obedience. 
Now, I just got married. This is an excuse to show you a wedding picture, by the way. Uh, and so I wondered whether perhaps they thought it was a good topic for me to speak on, um, that I, because I've just got married. Uh, but actually, I think that more than that, although that does teach you quite a lot about humility, more than that is that I am human. More than that is that I fall, that I am broken, that I stand before you today, not because I know anything more than you. Hopefully a little bit, I've studied theology, but that's probably it, and not that well. So, <laughs> but I stand before you as one of you. I stand before you, humbled by the fact I've had to prepare this sermon on humility, and I feel that God's told me, speak, Sophie, speak my words. How can I speak the words of God? before you guys today. I am human and so this topic is important. You are human and so this topic is important. There are other reasons why we need to know about humility and obedience. But first and foremost, we need to know about humility and obedience because we are here this morning, hopefully, because we want to know what it means to walk with Jesus. When I was younger, I when I was kind of a child at primary school um, and then into my late teens, I loved football. Like, and at the time, it was kind of difficult for a girl to love football. It's so good now that there are so many girls' football teams and things like that. Um, but when I was young, there wasn't really. There was about two or three of us in my class of girls who wanted to play football with the boys and needed to prove to the boys that girls could play better than boys, which we could. I definitely won quite a few of the competitions that we were having, you know, like shooting competitions or like other things like that. Um, and I loved it. I would read books about it. I would watch the football. I would go with my uncle because my family have no interest in sport whatsoever. I'd go with my uncle to the football. I absolutely loved it. And recently, when I moved out of my house in Woking, we were clearing out the garage and I found my football boots. Now, I thought to myself in that moment... Shall I keep my football boots? I haven't played football for about 12 to 13 years, maybe more. But I thought to myself, I genuinely thought, shall I keep my boots just in case? Now, when you wear your football boots and you play football, that makes you a footballer. When you keep your boots in the garage and have no idea that they were there until you go to clear out your things, that does not make you a footballer. I might have all the gear, but I now would have no idea what it means to play football. I'd be okay, possibly. And last year, when we were watching England possibly make their way to victory, I knew everything that there was to know about football. And I critiqued every part of their game in this very place, actually, at one point. I wonder, in our lives, what there is in our hearts, what there is perhaps in the physical that we have all the gear for and we literally have no idea what we're doing with it. Having football boots doesn't make me a footballer. Reading our Bibles and knowing about Jesus doesn't make us a Christian. That does not make us a follower of Jesus. It's part of what it means to follow Jesus. 
but knowing the stuff and not living it out that doesn't make us a follower of Christ now this passage is um, about not judging so I can't really stand up here and talk to us about how so often we don't live out our faith in the way that we should from a place of judgment so I come to you knowing that this is me too so often I fail to live out the principles that Jesus has easily laid out for us it's written in scripture he speaks to us through other people he speaks to us by his spirit in this passage Jesus um, has in the bit that Tom preached on he gets on a level with the people that are following him He comes down to their level and he is among them and he tells them to love their enemies. And that's where we left it last week. Love your enemies. I hope you had a good week of loving your enemies with no idea how to do that. He says, love, because God loves you. And then he says, do not judge, do not condemn. Give. Build your house on a rock. He has this wonderful kind of cartoon of not taking the plank out of someone else's eye. I mean, just imagine that properly for a minute. To the people there listening to him in that moment, they were laughing, for sure. Jesus was a really good comedian. Don't take the plank out of your brother's eye. The people that had followed him were oppressed, they were in this Roman Empire that, that was oppressing them, stealing their money, asking them for things that they shouldn't have to do, and they weren't letting them worship. And so they hear about this rabbi who has a message of hope. And they come to him wanting to know the truth. They come to this rabbi, they have moved, they have walked, they have gone for miles to hear him speak. They wanted to hear hope. And what does he give them? Do not judge. Do not condemn. Don't be a hypocrite. And they're probably standing there thinking, but this is all, we knew this already. We knew these things already. But actually, what Jesus says is don't judge. You're not the judge. And do not condemn, but forgive. And there's this moment between judgment and condemnation that is humility there is this moment between judgment and condemnation that is humility we are human we are going to judge people but it's not our place to judge and so if we move from judging someone to condemning them because we think that they are much worse than us we're that person trying to take the plank out of their eye with a person trying to deal with their stuff. In the message uh, version, it says, um, why do you try and take the, the smudge? I've got the passage wrong around, haven't I? No one pointed that out. Come on. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, lovely. No judgment here. Great, good. <laughs> why do you take the speck out of your brother's eye? Okay, we're back on track. In the message it says, why do you try and wipe the smudge? 
of your friend's face when your face is covered in this ugly, condemning mess. Jesus calls us to look at ourselves and deal with our stuff first. And so when we judge, which we will do, we can try not to, but I bet there are people in your lives right now that you're thinking, yes, I have been judging that person. Jesus has given us a map of how to live out our lives. He's told us how to do it, and yet we so often fail to live that way. Because it's much easier to put someone else down, to criticise someone else, to compare ourselves with them, and yeah, we're probably a bit better. Probably do life a little bit better than them. I didn't. I shouldn't have said that because I can't think of a good example off the top of my head. (laughs) We live our lives comparing and contrasting ourselves to someone else and making sure that we're just a little bit better than someone. And if we come into contact with someone who we think is a bit better than us, we make sure we can find someone else who's a little bit worse to make ourselves feel better. It's just our nature. But it isn't the nature that God has put in us. God has put this nature in us that means that we should love, that we should live in humility, that we should live in the gap that says... God loved us first. God is the judge. That's not our game. We deal with our stuff. We recognise that we are on a level with other people. That we are all children of God. There is a lot in the world that I sometimes feel I want to be judgmental about. I could name names, but I'm sure they're all coming right into your minds right now. I want to have an opinion, and I want to say something that makes me feel better about myself. But that's not humility. That's not what Jesus is saying in this passage. He's saying, do not judge, do not condemn, but forgive. Deal with your stuff first. Look into your own heart and see the things that you could work on. The things that mean you could walk closer to me. And then, and this is possibly my favourite part of the passage. And then, perhaps then, you can help your brother take that speck out of his eye. Maybe when you've dealt with your stuff, you come into contact with someone else who's dealing with something. And instead of judging them, you sit there and you say, me too. I've dealt with some stuff, some tough things, because life is tough at times. And you sit with them, and together you seek God for how to resolve that situation. Instead of going, "Ah, I'm a bit better than you, great, I'm just going to carry on with my life. You say, let me sit with you, because I get it. Life is hard, and I have my things that I carry too. And then we move on to obedience. It's a nice word, isn't it? (laughs) Who likes the word obedience? It reminds me of being a kid and being told you should obey your parents, which basically means 
do what they say and don't ask questions. It's hard word. Maybe if some of you have been in the military, then you're okay with this word. You just That's just what you do. Do you obey orders and that's what you do? I don't know. But for me, I find it tough. Wes is grinning. He knows. <laughs> Obedience. Why do you call me Lord? Lord, and yet you don't do what I say. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you do not do what I say? These people, they were following Jesus. They wanted to follow him, but they also just wanted to live their life. They they wanted the goodness, but they didn't want to live it out. They wanted to know a quick cure. They wanted to know that if they just did a few things, they could tick a few boxes, and yeah, they'd be good. They'd be good for eternal life. But it's not, it's not like that. We have to recognize that following Jesus, being on mission with Jesus is about living in humility and obedience to him. And obedience comes when you love someone. Obedience comes from relationship. Like most other things that we read in the gospel, it comes from relationship with God, our Father, who says, I love you so much that I sent my only Son, who is God, to die on your behalf, to take all that judgment that that I should really throw on you, to take all of that thing, all of that stuff, Take it and to die the most gruesome death on a cross so that we can sit here today and be forgiven. That's the God who wants a relationship with us and who asks us to obey his commands. His commands are what? To love God and to love our neighbour and they are really hard. That's probably why Jesus said they're the most two, the most important two because I don't think we could cope with any more than that. It is hard. So he shows us some of the groundwork for how to do it. Stop judging each other. We live in a society that is full of judgment. You just have to go on social media. You just have to read some trolling comments, not even all of them, just a few, to recognize that we love judging other people. We love building up our own kingdoms. Making sure that we're the foundation of our life. We love knowing all the things. Knowing all the scriptures. Knowing that we need to turn up to church on a Sunday morning. And yet, when we face into those crucial moments moments in our lives, we can so often fail to do what Jesus has asked us to do. To love one another. It takes trust. We have to remember that the one who gives us the map is the one that draws the map. We have to remember that the one who gives us all the gear 
is the one who made all the gear. He's shown us how to do it. Jesus has lived the life first. He has taken our pain. He has taken our judgment. And he says, I love you. Love everyone else. And in so many ways, it seems so simple. But in all the other ways of every single day of all of our lives, it actually seems hard. And we can live on this kind of superficial level where we think it is easy and we're doing it quite well. But we just need to dig a little deeper. And remember that phrase, Lord, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And yet you do not do what I say. To realize that we are all in it together. We don't have the smart answers compared to someone else. Life is hard. And sometimes life is great. But what life should always be is lived to the full in Jesus. And so we need to trust that God is teaching us the way because it's the easiest way to live with him. And living with him isn't easy, but he at least gives us something. He gives us something to know the way. I found my football boots in the garage and eventually I did give them away because I am not a footballer. But I tell you what, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And so I will do the things that he says to do and when I get it wrong, I will trust that he has forgiven me. I will trust that Jesus took those things that I do wrong, that I mess up, where I walk in the opposite direction to what God has for me. I will take those things And I'll lay them before the cross and I'll say, thank you for your forgiveness. Because humility requires us to look at God and recognize that he has done it first. And obedience requires us to look at God and be in his presence and hear his voice. If we're not hanging out with God, if we're not spending time with Jesus, if we're not asking him what we should do with our lives, how will we ever learn to hear his voice? What stuff in our Christian walks do we have all the answers for, but we fail to live it out? Because you know what? When we're on mission with Jesus, when we're trying to tell people about this amazing story of God's grace in our lives, and we're not living it out, are they going to listen? If our faith isn't authentic in such a way that we live it, How will people ever know the gospel? If we're to be on mission with Jesus, we have to be humble enough to recognize that we are no different from the other. We do not know someone else's story. But we can have compassion and forgiveness in a moment that could change their lives. It could transform someone's life if we're authentic enough to go, enough to go hey, I struggle too. I struggle too, and yet my foundation is in Jesus and I will not be shaken when the tough stuff comes. We are quite a... Um, Good community here at St Paul's, I think. I think everyone knows each other fairly well, but I bet we don't know everything. And so we are in no place to judge the other. 
It goes for in here, it goes for out in the world, it goes for our families. We need to listen, we need to be humble enough to listen to people's stories and not jump in with judgment. We need to know that we are all children of God, a God that loves us and that wants our lives to be transformed. He wants to live in relationship with us and that requires some action on our part. It's not lukewarm. It's not somewhere in the middle. Jesus says, I want you to love and this is how I want you to do it. And don't we think that our world could do with a lot more of that forgiveness and a lot more of God's grace? I am not here to make you feel condemned. I'm here to urge you to forgive, to urge you to live recognising that it is God who gives to us. That we don't build our own kingdoms, but we work as a community to know that it's God who is building his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we hear your words. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet do not do what I say? And we, before you now, want to turn away from our passivity, from our arrogance and our pride, where we think we can do it on our own, without you. Where we haven't done what you've asked us because we're afraid. We ask that you would overcome that fear in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you break through that fear with your perfect love? And Lord, if there are people that have come to mind that we have been judging or trying to, trying to help but without dealing with the stuff in our own lives, perhaps because we're projecting perhaps because there's something in our life that we see in them and we want to deal with it in them because that's so much easier Lord I pray that you would give us the humility and the grace to do as you do to forgive because we are forgiven and to deal with our stuff to come before you knowing that you love us and to deal with the things that are getting in the way of our relationship with you and our relationship with other people. Lord, we pray for those people who feel judged, who feel that they are in the, in the limelight for the wrong reasons. We ask that that judgment would be put to one side so that they can be loved back into transformed lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that this week you would come and move amongst us. That we would live out your love in our networks, in the places you have put us. That you would start to speak clearly to us, that we would hear your voice. And remember what you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Thank you, Sophie. Well, we're going to sing a song that I think really builds on that message.